Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, April 9th, 2018, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio. Beantown Athletics is Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And the Major League Baseball season has begun, so now is your chance to take advantage of the simplicity of daily fantasy baseball at DraftKings. You do not need to commit to an entire 162-game season. It's just way too long. I can completely understand that. I do not play fantasy baseball anymore. I just put together a new lineup on DraftKings every single day. In fact, I usually put together more than one lineup on DraftKings every single day. So sign up right now at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app with my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, and play for free with your first deposit. Promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. And with baseball season in full swing, that means so is golf season. And like you, I've made a commitment to playing more golf this year. But here's the problem. It's just way too expensive. And I'm not talking about the price of a tee time here, folks. I'm talking about the absurd price of golf balls. Well, I'm here to help you out. It's a company called Golf Ball Monkey. Golf Ball Monkey sells premium, slightly used golf balls at a discounted rate. And I know what you're thinking. Used golf balls? Really, Danny? Well, think about this. How many times have you opened a brand new box of balls? And, you know, you buy a dozen balls for, what, 60 bucks? That's an expensive dozen. How many times have you taken one out of a brand new box, put it on a tee, hit it, and lost it? A lot, right? Well, I have, and I know you have too. Then what do you do? You take out another new ball and hit that one. Well, what happened to the first one that you lost? I'll tell you what happened to it. Golf Ball Monkey found it, and it's still good as new. At Golf Ball Monkey, they harvest, buy, and sell premium used golf balls to wholesalers, retailers, and people like me and you. They have Titleist, Callaway, Nike, Pinnacle, Bridgestone, TaylorMade, and more. So go to golfballmonkey.com right now. That's golfballmonkey.com. And receive free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks, And get 5% off any order by using promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Get back out in the courts this year while swinging for less. Golf Ball Monkey, welcome to the show on this Monday, April 9th. What a weekend, huh? What a weekend. We had the Masters. We had the end of the NHL season. It came to an end over the weekend. And now we know the Stanley Cup playoffs will begin this week. Uh, The NBA season is about to wrap up. We had Major League Baseball in full swing. There was some Patriots news that... I'm not going to open with that stuff because I'm just sick and tired of the whole Rob Gronkowski being upset with somebody on the Patriots. I'm, a, I'm just sick of that story. And it has to do with Alex Guerrero. It has to do with Bill Belichick. I'm sick of Alex Guerrero. To be honest, I'm sick of the TB12 method. I'm sick of all the bitching and moaning that we keep hearing about with some of these Patriots players and the trainers that they want to use, and specifically Alex Guerrero. I'm sick of that. So there's a lot to talk about. I will get to it all on this podcast, I promise. But I'm going to open with what I think was the most exciting part of the weekend, for me at least. I know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. 
But this was the most exciting part of the weekend for me. And it was WrestleMania 34, Sunday night, last night, in New Orleans. And um, I thought, if if you're asking for me to judge the event as a whole, first of all, it's too long. Now, I didn't watch the pre-show, which began at 5 o'clock on the WWE Network. I didn't watch that. The pre-show went from 5 to 7. The event itself started at 7. The official WrestleMania event began at 7 o'clock, and it ended at midnight. That's a long event. That's, that's, That's a long night of sitting on the couch watching professional wrestling. But it's the showcase of the Immortals. It's the WWE Super Bowl, and I watch it every year. And... Uh, You know, some years are better than others. But I did not watch the pre-show because I think that makes for an unnecessarily long night of professional wrestling. And I was watching the end of the Masters, which saw Patrick Reed win the green jacket. You know, a little drama from Jordan Spieth. We didn't have the Tiger Woods drama uh, because he was not in contention at all, finishing 32nd on the weekend at Augusta National, but I did watch Patrick Reed win the Masters. That ended at about 6.30, 6.45, and it, it was sort of perfect timing right into WrestleMania and the official beginning at 7 o'clock. If you want me to judge the entire event, WrestleMania 34 as a whole, I tweeted this out late last night. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. I tweeted it out. I was actually going back and forth with uh, the one-man thrill ride as he is preparing for the rough and rowdy fights. So make sure you go get that. Make sure you go support my man, the thrill ride. But uh, I did tweet out some things last night. And a day later, I'm sticking to it. I thought WrestleMania was a very good night for the WWE. I actually am I'm going to applaud the WWE today. That's what I'm doing. I am applauding the WWE. For, I'm not going to call it a great event. I'm not going to call it great. But I will call it very, very good. Close to great. And I am... It was so good, I'm going to applaud the WWE today. Uh, and I, I say that even looking at the way WrestleMania ended. Now, of course you go on Twitter after something like this and people are complaining. Of course. Only on Twitter would people go, uh, you know, log on and complain about the way this ended last night. These same people would be complaining if the result was the other way. Like, it, here's the result. And this is a little spoiler. I am going to get to the result. So if you haven't seen WrestleMania, shut this off and and then hit play tomorrow after you watch it. So this is a spoiler. I am going to give the results here to WrestleMania 34. The main event, Brock Lesnar, the reigning, defending Universal Champion, defended the belt against Roman Reigns in the final match of WrestleMania in New Orleans last night. And Brock Lesnar won. He won. It was clean. It Well, maybe not clean because there was some blood and I, I, I shouldn't say just some. There was a lot of blood all over Roman Reigns after Brock Lesnar got on top of him and hit him with a couple elbows. And I'll get to those elbows. But you talk about clean, you know, uh, you know Paul Heyman didn't get involved in the decision, right? It's not like the ref was distracted and there was some illegal tactic. No, this was a clean pin. One, two, three. Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns and retained the Universal Championship. And when I saw that result, 
And when I saw the three count, when I saw Brock take both of Roman Reigns' legs and hook them and secure the pin for the three count and the win, when I saw Brock Lesnar do that, and it was a three count and his music played, I jumped out of my seat. I jumped out of my seat because that was a shocking finish. It was an absolute shock to me that Brock Lesnar would win this match and retain the Universal Championship. I think it was a shock to everybody. And then people go on Twitter and they complain about it. Like, I don't know how you could complain about that. These same people would complain if it went the other way. If Roman Reigns won this match, which we all thought he was going to do, win the Universal title, and then that meant Brock Lesnar would sail off into the sunset, would, would just leave and go back to the UFC like it's been rumored, like they've been playing it up, which now we see they've been playing it up brilliantly to shock us all at the main event of WrestleMania. The same people complaining about Lesnar winning this and the way WrestleMania ended last night and the way this match went, those same people would have been complaining if Roman Reigns had won. I don't know what was going to make some of these people happy, but that's just Twitter. That's just what people do. That's why I hate it. That's why I call it a sewer. It's just, it's complaints from people that I wouldn't even know existed if, if not for Twitter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even know that complaints existed if not for Twitter. So, I, I, I don't know that I even take some of these people seriously who are complaining about the way this thing ended. Because the way I look at it is that finish in the main event of WrestleMania 34 last night with Brock Lesnar winning, okay? And the way he won, that finish, I applaud the WWE because they nailed it. I thought they fucking nailed it. They nailed the result to go along with the shock that went along with the blood that went along with the F-bomb that Brock Lesnar threw out there, you know? That went along with, and, and I don't know if, if other people had this feel about it, but when Roman Reigns continued to kick out of several F5s, F5 is Brock Lesnar's finishing move, and Reigns kept kicking out of it. I'm sitting there going, oh, great, here we go. This is how they're going to do it? They're trying to build Reigns up so much that he's the unstoppable force that, that can't get beat by... 15 F5s, like, Lesnar can't beat him with an F5, and and he's going to keep kicking out, and he, you know, forget about the Superman punch, he is Superman, I mean, that's how they're going to build this guy up, they're going to put the strap on him, he's going to be the universal champ, and Lesnar's gone, but they, they want to try to build him up, and the way they've built up Roman Reigns has been somewhat eye-rolling, right, we roll our eyes, we're like, they keep forcing this guy on us, and, and look, great athlete, I think he's got some He's got some nice energy in the ring, and he's got the look to be like that guy in the WWE. He's a big dude. He's got the hair. I mean, again, the athleticism. Roman Reigns, he has that look. He's not good on the mic. I think there, there's been some elements of improvement there on the mic, but I think the way the WWE has tried to force him upon everybody has been, you know, I don't, I don't think people enjoy that. I don't think people enjoy that. So, when when we hear all this stuff about Lesnar leaving, and this is Reigns' moment, and he's going to get the belt, I think we all sort of knew, or thought we knew, that Reigns was going to win last night. And so when he's kicking out of F5, repeatedly, out of every F5, I'm going, nah, Reigns is going to win, and this is just a kind of a corny, 
It's just kind of a corny finish to what's been a very good WrestleMania. It would be a corny finish. And that's what I expected. And then, <laughs> and I don't know if you thought this as well, but Lesnar got on top of him. He took the, glo- took the gloves off, got on top of Rance, and he hit him with these three elbows. Was it three? Three or four elbows to the head. And Reigns starts gushing blood. Gushing blood. And uh, I don't know if anybody else got this feel, but it was that moment where I thought to myself, and this was, I think, after the F-bomb, right? Where Reigns kicked out, and, you know, Lesnar, you know, they, they bleeped him out. Obviously, there's a little delay there. But I, whatever it was, he said, he said, what the fuck? Or something like that. He threw an F-bomb. And he was pissed. And uh, I, I get it. Like, this stuff all was part of the plan. I, I, I understand the way the professional wrestling industry works. But they played it up so good. And the, hey, you mean to tell me Brock Lesnar didn't connect with those elbows to Roman Reigns? In that moment, I had the feeling of, like, it took me back to the Montreal Screwjob. It took me back to the storyline there. Hey, Bret Hart's leaving for WCW, and, and this is the way, you know, WWE has a different plan than maybe what he thought the plan was going to be. And so, instead of seeing it play out that way, Brock Lesnar kind of felt like he was about to get screwed with all the UFC rumors, and he took it upon himself to hit Reigns with a couple elbows. And it gave me that feel like that was the message of, you're not going to screw me and kick out of another F5. Because if you do, it's going to be something worse than this elbow to your head that's about to make you start leaking. Like, those elbows and the blood, it gave me that, you guys aren't going to screw me like you screwed Brett feel to it. <laughs> that's... Kind of how it felt. And then when he hit him with the next F5, he takes both of his legs, curls him up into a pin, and there's a three count, and Lesnar wins the match. And I thought it was great, and I jumped out of my seat because I didn't expect it. It was a shocking finish. Everybody in their mother thought Reigns was winning that title last night. Everybody in their mother thought that Lesnar was gone going to UFC, and this was Paul Heyman's last moment in the WWE for a while at least until Lesnar had some type of return years down the road. But the result was shocking, and the WWE should be applauded for that because they fucking nailed it. I have said this time and time again about that industry, or at least about, you know, the WWE. What it lacks is an element of surprise. And I, Look, I don't know that, and I don't think anybody from the WWE listens to this show. But if they did, what they would hear me say an awful lot is, we know what's coming. We, we, you know, people go on the internet and there's, there's all these websites and blogs and now you got podcasts and you got people in the know who have podcasts who try to, you know, go on YouTube and search WWE. There's people with a video that gets hundreds of thousands of views and all they do is try to tell us what's happening next. And most of the time they're right. And that's a problem. For the WWE. Because it means that element of surprise is non-existent. And, and what I've said many times about the WWE product on this show is that, you know, you can complain all you want about certain guys that they're pushing on you about, 
you know, certain wrestlers that you might not like, or you don't like them on the mic, you don't like them in the ring, you don't like their personality, you don't, you don't like the character they're given, you don't like how someone's being underused, you don't like how someone's being used too much, you can agree or disagree with any of that in the way they use the characters in the WWE. But one thing that is pretty much a fact is the element of surprise has been non-existent. Like, you know what's coming. Regardless of how you feel about a certain guy, you know what the result is going to be. You know who's winning the title next. You know who's going to have his arm raised later that night. And in the case of WrestleMania 34, the showcase of the immortals, the Super Bowl of the WWE, their biggest night on the grand stage of them all, we all knew going in what the result of the main event of WrestleMania was going to be. And I actually sat here on this show many times over the last couple months, going back to Royal Rumble, where I said, we already know what's going to happen. And that's disappointing. And the closer we got to WrestleMania 34, I mean, I had Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated in studio last week. We did a WrestleMania preview for an hour and a half. And we both looked at each other and said, you know, Lesnar's going, he's gone. We know the result. Reigns is going to win the title. They've been building for this. They're ready for it. And, and we pretty much all know how the night is going to end. And that is a bad thing for business. You know, they always like to say what's best for business. I get news for the WWE. What's been bad for business, awful for business, horrible for business the last couple of years. And I say last couple of years, I mean maybe five to ten. Is that we all know what's happening next in pretty much every storyline. And... That's been bad for business. So, when they hit us with a shocking result, we all thought Reigns was winning, and he didn't. How could you complain about that? I was up off my seat. I was. I was up off my seat last night when that happened. And and the whole elbow to the head, and, and you know, he takes both of his legs after, and then pins him. It had, like, it brought me back to the Montreal screw job, and... And I don't even, I think they wanted to get this across. I, I don't know that, I don't know that they got it across as much as they wanted to, mainly because of the way we all expected Reigns to win it. But I think they wanted to give us that Montreal screw job vibe. And instead of getting screwed, you know, Lesnar was going to take it into his own hands and say, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm pinning you. And this is how, you're not going to screw me. You keep kicking out of this. That's not in the plan. That wasn't in the plan. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get on top of you. I'm going to knock you around. I'm going to hit you with an elbow. And you know where they started building this? Remember when, was it two pay-per-views ago, when Brock Lesnar hit Braun Strowman in the ring? Like he punched him in the head? Because it looked like maybe Strowman hit him with a real kick, a real knee, and Lesnar got pissed off. And we're looking at that, and they kept showing the replay, and I'm like, I think he really hit him there. He was pissed off. You know, I think they were building to that. Oh, Lesnar's pissed off about something. What's he pissed off about? He's pissed off that he might be getting screwed here because everybody thinks he's going to UFC. And Vince is going to screw him. And Roman Reigns is Vince's boy. And Lesnar's going, that's not going to happen tonight. And if you kick if you kick out of another F5, it's going to be worse than this elbow that's making you leak all over the place. Yeah, I, I, I got that. I don't know if they were trying to get that through to everybody, but that's what I got from it. And I thought it was genius. 
And I thought the finish was genius. I thought it was shocking, surprising, and I applaud him. And I look at that finish with Brock Lesnar and the way it went down, and I say, the WWE, they, they fucking nailed it last night. I thought they nailed it. I thought they nailed it. I, I, I mean, everybody thought Reigns was winning that match. Everybody thought he was winning the belt. And he didn't. <laughs> it was great. It was unbelievable. I didn't expect that. And when you get the unexpected... You, you get that shock, you get that element of surprise, you get a better product. Because then you can't predict anymore. And the more you think you can predict, the more you have to take a step back and go, well, wasn't too long ago we all thought Roman Reigns was going to win the title, and he didn't win. <laughs> and, and they surprised us. And the WWE surprised us a good amount at WrestleMania 34. A lot of surprises, which makes it a very good night for the WWE. Not just the Lesnar finish, the Ronda Rousey match was probably the best match of the night. Probably the best match of the night. Who who would have thought Ronda Rousey had this in her in a WWE ring? Look, we know she's a tough cookie, okay? We know that. No... She didn't need to go in there last night and prove to anybody how tough she was. She needed to go in there last night and prove that, for one, she could sell something. Two, she could pull up, not just sell getting hit with a move, but also, you know, executing a move. And and acting it out in there. Like, I'm not going to lie, I had a bad feeling about it as she's walking to the ring and she's smiling and laughing. And I'm like, eh, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's really the, the, the attitude they want her having as she's walking to the ring at WrestleMania in what's supposed to be a pretty intense battle with Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, right? It was Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie and Triple H. But from the moment that Stephanie yanked Ronda Rousey's hair from the back and Rousey slammed herself down to the mat, I said to myself, oh, this is going to be good. And it was. Rousey was great. Uh, Stephanie was great. Triple H was great. Kurt Angle was okay. I'm not a big Kurt Angle guy. I mean, he you know he looks old, obviously, and and, and Triple H. You know, he's old as well. Uh, but I just thought it was great. I thought it was. I thought it was probably. If you ask me right now, what was the best match of the night? I'll say that was. And maybe it's just because of the surprise factor. Like I was surprised that Rousey was going to be that good. She just exceeded all of my expectations, and then some. And because of that, that was the best match of the night. And I'm glad they didn't save that for last as well. I'm, I'm glad they did that in the middle. I'm glad they did that. But that was probably the best match of the night. The second best match of the night? Honestly, it was early. It was Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. And Charlotte Flair won, retained the title, ended Asuka's streak. And that was another surprise. People thought Asuka's streak was going to continue. She was going to win the belt. No, no, no. Charlotte Flair, she won, retained the title. Great match. And I don't usually say that about the women's matches, but that might have been the second best match of the night. The two best matches came arguably from Ronda and Stephanie and Charlotte and Asuka. Two best matches of the night. I think I was expecting AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura to be the best match of the night. And I don't know if it was because my expectations were so high I was somewhat disappointed by that match. I think there were a couple factors at play. One, 
AJ Styles did suffer an injury, and this is a real injury leading up to WrestleMania, and that might have played a role in what he was able to do, and he might have been somewhat limited in this match. But also, Shinsuke Nakamura, I mean, he's sort of just a a striker, right? I mean, he's the king of strong style. He's going to kick. He's going to forearm. He's going to kick even more and knee you in the face. And I just think there's only so much you can do with a guy like that. Now, they, they've they obviously faced each other before in Japan. And this is a rivalry that goes way back. And, um, you know, before the match ended, before the match began, I did think that they... I, did, I think they did a bad job building up and rekindling the rivalry. I think, and that might be WWE's fault. Now, I'm not saying this was bad timing for the match. I'm actually glad this match was for the WWE Championship. I'm glad it was at WrestleMania. I just think they did a bad job getting that storyline across that this was an old rivalry in Japan. And I just thought it was a bad buildup. I thought in the ring at the beginning was a bad buildup. I, I I just thought they they didn't they didn't give me enough drama that played into just how big this rivalry was. Like you could have done ten minutes of walking around. Someone gets out of the ring, walks outside of the ring. You you could have done a whole lot. And I just there was they did. I think they did a bad job uh, of maybe the buildup for this match. And to let everybody know just how big this rivalry was. But, hey, AJ Styles wins. And I think where they saved it, I think where they saved this one was after the match. Where, you know, they had the whole sign of respect. AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, if you can remember in Japan, you know, they did the same thing. Only they really, you know, you know, they had that moment of respect. They hugged it out and everything was fine, right? Well, they did a similar thing. Last night after the match, and they hugged it out, and then Shinsuke handed him the belt and hit him with a low blow. And it was a great twist. It was a phenomenal twist. No pun intended with the phenomenal on AJ Styles. It was a phenomenal twist. And I think that saved that that match and that, should I say, the rivalry. Obviously, that rivalry is not over, and maybe now they will build towards it and go back a little bit into the stuff in Japan. I hope they do, because it is a great rivalry. I think they need to just play it up a little bit better. The match was somewhat disappointing. I think there were different factors for that, but I think where they saved it was with the great twist at the end where Shinsuke hits him with a low blow and goes full heel on AJ Styles. Because in Japan, Shinsuke Nakamura was a face, right? He was kind of a baby face, wasn't he? And and AJ Styles was the heel because he was in Bullet Club and... You know, he, he was he was playing playing dirty, wasn't playing by the rules. So now the shoe's on the other foot. AJ Styles is the big face, baby face, champion. Nakamura, he's over with the crowd as well. He's a face, but went full heel last night after this match. And I thought that was amazing. I did. I thought it was a great twist, and I thought it saved that match. Um, And then you had The Undertaker returning. I mean, I think we all, I think we all kind of expected that to happen, right? So back to what, you know, something happens that we expected. But what everybody was saying was that 
Undertaker was going to return as the American badass. And what I told you was that that can't happen. Undertaker, if he's going to return, he has to return as the dead man. He can't return as the American badass. But everybody kept trying to tell me he was returning as the American badass. And, you know, they played it up with Cena. Was Undertaker going to be in the building? And all of a sudden, you know, you got Elias comes out. Cena beats him up. And then the lights go out. And the Undertaker returns. And he returned as the dead man. And he made quick quick work of John Cena. Undertaker beat Cena in dominant fashion. And it was clear this was the Undertaker's official send-off. And it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, this is a business where you usually, you go out and you're back. I think the Undertaker, having been around for so long... You know, the fact that he had the WrestleMania undefeated streak for so long, then it got ended by Brock Lesnar. Then he lost again to Roman Reigns. It was a little strange that they would do that to the guy. Well, it made a little bit more sense. Now they have him return, and he doesn't just win. He surprises everybody. He is the dead man, and he dominates John Cena and beats him very quickly in dominant fashion. And um, because there was a moment at the beginning of the match, he's running around, flying around, and I'm going... He better take it easy or he's going to run out of gas real quick. And then this match is going to be a disaster. But he finished Cena off real quick. And so I thought, I thought the fact that he returned as the dead man after everybody wanted to tell me he was going to be the American badass, I think that was a surprise, a good surprise. And the win and the way he won, that was a good surprise as well. So um, that was his official sendoff. I think that's it for him. That's it for The Undertaker. He is done, right? And I could see The Undertaker headline in next year's Hall of Fame class. That's what I think we're probably going to see next year at WrestleMania uh, in, what, in New York, right? In New Jersey, whatever you want to call it, at MetLife. MetLife Stadium. Outdoors. I could see The Undertaker headline in that Hall of Fame class. And then, this is how you know it was a good WrestleMania. As I'm running through the list of exciting things that happened, Daniel Bryan is, what, fifth on this list? Daniel Bryan returned to action. Him and Shane McMahon, they beat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, You know, it was, this was okay. You didn't need to, all you needed to see was Daniel Bryan return, have a couple moves where he's running back and forth to the turnbuckles, which he did. And that's all you really needed. I I didn't care about the result. I know there was implications with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. They'll find a way. I just, I bet you Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will end up on Raw. I think that's what will end up happening. But, um, I, I just think the moment itself, Daniel Bryan returning, great moment for the WWE, but I think the fact that it's not one, two, three, or even four on the list, it tells me that, that this was a very good night. Very good night for the WWE. Daniel Bryan returns, and then, of course, what else? You have Braun Strowman. He took a fan out of the stands. Nicholas, this little kid, took him out of the crowd, and they won the tag team titles. Uh, there was a funny moment where he tagged the kid. The kid gets in the ring, and he gets scared, and he and he tags Braun Strowman and and, and tags him out. Well, uh, now he's a tag team champ. I don't know who he is. I mean, I assume it's somebody that. I mean, I think maybe the it's was it a a make a wish situation? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but I, don't, I didn't hate it. I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. I think they saved it a little too late in the night. 
But, um, no, I thought it was fine. I, If anything, maybe the timing. They should have did this match. If they were going to do that, they should have done this a little earlier in the night. But, uh, no, I thought that was fine. I thought that was fine. And I'll be interested to see where they go with the Braun Strowman Tag Team Champion storyline. I don't think they're going to keep dragging the kid out every event. I don't Like, is the kid going to be on Raw tonight? I don't know. Maybe he'll be on Raw tonight. Monday Night Raw. But that would be it, I would think. And um, then you got Jinder Mahal to win the U.S. title, which I don't think anybody saw that coming. That dude takes a lot of heat outside of the WWE. People just shit on this guy nonstop, saying how bad he is. Uh, nobody wants to work with him. I don't know what's true and what's not. But hey, they gave him the U.S. title. <laughs> I, I was surprised by it, and I was okay by that. Again, the element of surprise. Give me that. I was also surprised by Seth Rollins opening the show by winning the Intercontinental Championship. I really did think that The Miz was going to retain this thing. For all the talk about The Miz having the, you know, trying to go for the longest reign in Intercontinental title history, I I was surprised that Seth Rollins won it. Oh, I'll say this. I was surprised that The Miz lost it. But we'll see where that goes uh, and where that storyline takes us. Um, but I, again, the element of surprise is a great thing for the WWE. And I just think they nailed it last night at WrestleMania in what was not a great, it was just shy of great. And you say, what could have happened to make it great? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe if Cena had an actual match rather than, you know, get the Undertaker over for one final moment. Right? Maybe if Cena had an actual match, maybe that's what it needed. I, I Maybe the Styles-Nakamura match could have been better than, than it was because I did have high expectations for that and it did not meet expectations. But um, you're just shy of great. I thought it was a very, very, very good night for the WWE. And I applaud them for what they did with WrestleMania 34. Uh, it was entertaining. You had surprise, the element of surprise in the biggest moments. You had blood. <laughs> you had F-bombs. Uh, you, they gave you everything. They gave you everything last night. If you didn't like that, then you just like to complain. That's basically what it is. You, uh, you are just obsessed with complaining about something. So that means you do belong on Twitter. Twitter is perfect for you. And that's why Twitter is the only place that after last night's WrestleMania, people would be bitching and moaning about the event. Please. They shocked everybody with Lesnar leaving as the champ. And if you are telling me today that you saw that coming, you're a liar. You're a liar. You like complaining, and you're a pathological liar, and which means you have serious issues. Go get some help. Seriously, go get some help. WrestleMania 34, I applaud the WWE for a great night, and it just... It ended a great weekend, an exciting weekend. I told you Patrick Reed won the Masters at 15-under on the tournament. Uh, he was 15 under. Ricky Fowler finished second at 14 under. Jordan Spieth with that drama in the final round, but he just couldn't get it done at the end. Jordan Spieth finished third at 13 under, and everybody wanted Tiger Woods, but Tiger Woods was nowhere to be found. Well, he he just made the cut, and he did play Saturday and Sunday, but really he was nowhere to be found when it came to the leaderboard. Tiger Woods finished 32nd at one over on the tournament. So uh, we're done with the Masters, which means the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs are pretty much here. Uh, The NHL regular season is over. 
the NBA regular season, they still have a couple games left. And here in Boston, we got the Bruins and the Celtics will both be in the playoffs. Um, But two different expectations now in these playoffs. And the Bruins, we have high hopes. I mean, you look at the odds in Vegas right now. The Bruins have the third best odds to win the Stanley Cup at plus 600. The favorite to win the Stanley Cup, the Nashville Predators at plus 425. Tampa Bay, the Lightning have the second best odds at plus 550. Now, Tampa Bay finished as the number one seed in the division and in the conference because the Bruins lost their final game. Bruins lost that little makeup game with Florida. And, uh, you know, they could have taken the one seed. Instead, they don't. And instead, the Bruins are going to be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. There is really, I don't think, anything better than playoff hockey, especially when your team's involved and especially when your team has a serious shot at hoisting La Coupe Stan Lee and the Bruins have a good shot at doing that. Uh, But it's not going to be an easy matchup against Toronto in the first round. Here's the schedule. Game one. Obviously, the Bruins have home ice advantage. Game one will be this Thursday at 7 o'clock. Game two will be on Saturday at 8 o'clock. So, two night games and a Saturday night game at the Garden. Then, game three, the series will go to Toronto next Monday at 7 o'clock. Game four, still in Toronto next Thursday so you'll get that. You'll get two days off in between games three and four while you're in Toronto. Monday and Thursday of next week, all those games at night. Game five, if necessary, back at the TD Garden on Saturday, April 21st. The time of that game to be determined. Game six, if necessary, back in Toronto will be Monday, April 23rd. Time to be determined. And game seven, if necessary, back at the TD Garden on Wednesday, April 25th, the time, obviously, to be determined. So the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, Stanley Cup playoffs begin on Thursday. And, uh, you know, you take a look at the Stanley Cup playoff bracket. If the Bruins can beat the Maple Leafs in the first round, they would play the winner of Tampa Bay and New Jersey. Uh, that would be, and look, I would bet Tampa Bay wins their first round series. I would put my money on the Bruins winning their first round series. So I would put my money on the Bruins and the Lightning playing a second round series, which based on what we saw at the end of the regular season is going to be a pretty exciting matchup there in that second round. Um, But, you know, also in the East, you got Washington taking on Columbus, then Pittsburgh taking on Philly. Over in the West, you got Nashville taking on Colorado. Winnipeg taking on Minnesota. Vegas taking on the Kings, LA Kings. The Ducks taking on the San Jose Sharks. So the Stanley Cup playoffs are here, and uh, they begin this week. I do not have a Stanley Cup prediction for you right now. I will give you one in my second podcast this week on Thursday morning, so subscribe to this show anywhere podcasts are available, also on my website, dannypicard.com. But I will tell you this, I have the Bruins going a lot further than I have the Celtics going in the NBA playoffs. Now, the Celtics, they still have two games left. They finished the regular season this Wednesday, but the big news with the Celtics, no Kyrie Irving. Obviously not for right now, but over the weekend we found out 
that he has done for the entire playoffs, regardless of how long the Celtics might stay alive in the NBA playoffs, no Kyrie Irving. Kyrie had another surgery over the weekend to remove two screws from his surgically repaired knee. There was an infection that was discovered after the surgery a few weeks ago that removed a tension wire in the knee. Now, I thought that the tension wire was, you know, he didn't have screws. He had the tension wire instead of the screws, and that was what was taken out. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was still screws in there. And there was an infection. So he had another surgery, which means Kyrie Irving is done. And there were people tweeting me going, now, when did this news break? Did it break Thursday night? Thursday or Friday? I had already recorded the second podcast of the week with Justin Barrasso. We did a WrestleMania preview, and that was it. But people were tweeting me like, hey, you're going to react to this? Like, you're going to have an emergency podcast? I said, well, no. Because if you listen to the show, you know how I felt about the Kyrie Irving situation. I did not feel good about it. When, when they were telling us he was about to have surgery a couple weeks ago to get that tension wire removed, I told you that, I mean, before he even had that surgery, when, when they first told us he was having the second opinion, which was maybe, what, a month ago? I told you that I don't have a good feeling about this. And in fact, Kyrie Irving is a serious investment. And that investment that the Celtics made in him is longer than just this year. And with Gordon Haywood out and not coming back this year, I think that the Celtics need to be honest about themselves, need to be realistic about what their chances are this year, even if Kyrie does return without Haywood, you know, with Marcus Smart banged up, you know, you got Horford's been out. So, um, you know, Tatum missing time. Uh, You you got Jalen Brown was out for a little bit. I mean, the Celtics are banged up, right? And I think they need to be realistic. I told you this a while ago. So if Kyrie needed surgery, you got to have it now. And if there needs to be another surgery after that, you got to have it now. Don't wait. Don't risk it. Don't try to limp back into the playoffs and play at 80% and then have surgery in, in a month and a half and, and maybe put the beginning of next season at risk. Like, don't do that. Focus on next year and the year after that and the year after that, because the investment in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywood is more than just this season with all the young kids like Tatum, Brown. And by the way, by the way, can we stop talking about Kawhi Leonard? Like, I have to listen to that madness. And I just think that when maybe it's because, you know, these guys have their sports talk radio shows and they got to go for four hours and they got nothing else to talk about. And, uh, you know, they're not as entertaining as everybody thinks they are. So they got to talk about Kawhi Leonard trades for Jason Tatum. Is Honestly, that's not going to happen. And it shouldn't happen. Would you really trade Jason Tatum? Seeing what you see from Tatum and these kids, knowing you have Kyrie, Gordon Haywood, Kawhi Leonard? Right now, Kawhi Leonard looks like damaged goods. You'd make that trade? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And you shouldn't want to make that trade either. Can we stop talking about Kawhi Leonard? Honestly. For Tatum? You're not doing it. And this is coming from somebody that told you they should have drafted Markel Fultz. Now, Markel Fultz could very well be an exciting NBA player at some point in his career. He's still young. And, and, and I don't know that I necessarily blame his apparent demise on him. I, I blame it on some other people who are just getting in the kid's head about a shot. But he might fix that. I'm, I'm not going to rule that out. But the Tatum thing, look, you can't deny 
regardless of how you felt about Fultz or the, you know, that pick last year, you can't deny how good Tatum is at this age. Just the balls that he has. I, I mean, you want to get rid of that? You're out of your mind. I'm not getting rid of it. Right now, you got you have created a young core, I think, of superstar talent, and you keep that core together. Right? You want to look at Golden State? You want to say, hey, we want to get on Golden State's level? Well, then you keep the guys you have right now. You did your job. Danny Ainge did his job. He got the kids that can perform at a high level. Um, you know, potential superstars, potential all-stars, and you also brought in Kyrie, Gordon Hayward. You know, you got the veteran and Horford. You you put together a nice team here. This is it. If the Celtics are going to be the Warriors, they're going to be the Warriors with this group. And that's that. So let's stop talking about Kawhi Leonard. All right? And with this Celtics team right now, I told you, you want them to get to beat Golden State? Well, they weren't going to beat Golden State this year. They weren't. So you got to focus on 2019. So the fact that Kyrie is now out for the entire playoffs and not just the regular season, he's out for everything. Kyrie Irving is done until next year. I'm not shocked about that. And in fact, I think it's probably the wise decision. It's a wise decision by the Celtics to throw in the towel right now because that's what they're doing. They're throwing in the towel, but it's the right move. It's the right move which means they're going to play either Miami, Milwaukee, or Washington in the first round. And, I, you know, they might not win against any of those teams. Celtics are going to be the two seed. Right now, the battle for the six, seven, and eight seed is up for grabs. And they could swap places in the next couple days. I, I don't know who they're going to play. I think it, it's Milwaukee if it began right now, right? So, Celtics are not, if they do make it out of the first round, they are not going to make it out of the second round. So, uh, it definitely, it, it definitely takes some excitement, oh, all the excitement away from the Celtics. And the playoffs, look, I'll be, it's, it'll be interesting to see Jalen Brown, though, and, and Jason Tatum, right? It, maybe Marcus Smart does return. I'll be interested to see Terry Rozier. I will be interested to see how this group plays. I'll be rooting for them. They, they're going to be exciting. But I probably wouldn't put my money on them winning a series. And if they won one, I definitely wouldn't put my money on the Celtics winning two series without Kyrie. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. NBA playoffs will be beginning soon. Uh, the Major League Baseball season continues. And the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, They swept the Tampa Bay Rays at Fenway over the weekend in the home opening series. The Red Sox are now 8-1. They have won eight straight games after losing opening day in Tampa Bay. And you remember that debacle, that Tampa Bay come from behind win where the Red Sox bullpen blew it. Joe Kelly, Carson Smith blew it. Uh, Since that debacle in Tampa Bay on opening day, the Red Sox have won eight straight and are now 8-1. They're getting some nice starting pitching. They're getting some big hits and in in key spots. You know, the kids are showing you that this is going to be an exciting team. And Hanley Ramirez is playing some great baseball right now, some inspired baseball right now, and that is refreshing to see. And now the New York Yankees come to town. The Red Sox begin a three-game series with the Yankees this Tuesday at Fenway. 
Game one's going to be Sale versus Severino. Game two will be Price versus Tanaka on Wednesday. Game three on Thursday, Porcello for the Red Sox. We do not yet know who's going to be on the mound, at least as I'm recording this show. We do not yet know who's going to be on the mound for the Yankees in that third game of the series. So the Red Sox are on a roll, and uh, I'm sure the Boo Birds will be out at Fenway this week, as well they should for Stanton and Judge. This rivalry is absolutely going to heat up if it hasn't heated up already so I'll be excited to watch these three games this week so if you're not you know if you're here in Boston maybe even in New York and you're not into baseball just yet because it was a busy weekend with some other stuff going on I think you'll be into baseball by the time this week is over with the Red Sox and Yankees in a three-game series at Fenway and uh then of course here to close this show out you got the Patriots that's right the New England Patriots And I told you at the beginning of the show that there's a story that came out over the weekend from the Boston Herald that said, and I'm trying to, let me, let me pull this exact story up for you. I'm pulling it up on my phone. Here it is. Boston Herald says, at one point early last season, the hoodie chastised Gronk in front of the players for being a TB12 client, according to a source. So maybe that was Belichick's not-so-subtle way of trying to keep everyone from jumping ship on the team's training staff. That's a paragraph from the Boston Herald. So it's bringing up more Gronk stuff. All the Gronk drama. You know, what is he upset about? Why is he teasing retirement? What does he really want? And what's the deal with all the tension? Where is it stemming from? Are there more stories? Well... This Herald story is just sort of giving us a little bit more. But to be honest with you, the more I hear about this, and look, I get it. Gronk is looking out for his own body as well he should. He's the one out there taking the hits. He's the one out there that's, you know, not making the guaranteed money that he should make while he's taking these hits. Um, He should do what he feels is right for his body. If he feels the TB12 method or working with Alex Guerrero is the right thing for his body, then go do it. Uh, You know, who am I to tell him what he should do? You know, I think it's different when it comes to what the Patriots tell him he should do or how the organization that is actually signing his checks tell him he should do. Uh, You know, it's easy for us to say, who is Belichick to tell Gronk you know, how to, how to use his body. Well, sure, it might not be the money Gronk is deserved, but it's still a good amount of money. And the Patriots are still the team that's paying that money. So I do think they have some say or should have some say in it. And I just think the more I hear about Alex Guerrero and how, you know, a player or two is upset with Bill Belichick, you know, and they're not having fun and they're not happy and they're miserable. The more I hear stuff about this, the more I'm just like, Shut the fuck up. You know, it's the, the bitching and the moaning about it. And I don't know if people are leaking this to the Herald, if it's Gronk's camp. You just sound, you sound like you're whining. Like you sound like you, it's just, it's whiny at this point. I don't, I'm done with it. Like, I don't want to hear about Guerrero. Go do your thing. Go play football. Go Try to win some football games. And I know it's not always as simple as that. I know you're saying, Danny, it's more complicated. You know, again, this guy has a right to, to, to work out with whoever he wants. It, at some point, though, does it not just 
become repeated whining? Like, uh, is it really that bad? Like, is life really that bad for Rob Gronkowski? Because I've been led, we've been led to believe this offseason that life is just so terrible for these guys that, that they can't possibly function another season under Bill Belichick if he's going to try to have some say in how they should work out. Like, is, it, is life really that bad for these guys? They're making it sound like they're not making millions of dollars. I mean, they're still making millions of dollars to play a sport. Are they not? They are. Okay? So, on the level of sympathy that we should actually have for some of these guys, it's not as much as maybe they want us to feel, or at least we've been led to believe we should feel this offseason. I just, it's too much. It's too much. It's making me hate Guerrero. It's making me think Brady's a fucking whack job. Right? And now, it's making me feel a type of way about Rob Gronkowski that it's like, I understand he's a big, bad dude. He's a physical player, but he just sounds like a fucking whiner right now. He's just whining. This all sounds so whiny. And if, if, if they don't want it to come off like that, they should speak up and say, you know what? At the end of the day, things are my decision, and I'm choosing to play football for the New England Patriots. And I, I guess I just don't know why this stuff keeps coming out. The only thing I can think of is that the players are leaking it to the media. Enough is enough. I've just, I, I don't want to hear about Guerrero anymore. I don't want to hear about Gronk. I don't want to hear about the TB12 method anymore. I don't. Unless it's about a success story with somebody like, let's say, Hanley Ramirez, who looks pretty good right now. Right? I just, I don't want to hear about it because I, I don't know that it's as big a deal as maybe they, they're all making it out to be. And when it becomes this big deal and we continue talking about it, just to me, it's, it's portraying the players in a bad light, like in a weak light. It is to me because it just, it makes them sound like they just whining about it. And, uh, it's not a good look. That's not a good look. Not in this organization, at least. In an organization that does abide by a certain way, you should act, and you do act. And, and, and the Patriot way, which is a way that works. And because of the Patriot way, it has given these players more opportunities than they would have with, with other teams and other organizations that do not handle business the way Belichick handles business. So at the end of the day... I do side with Belichick a lot on the way he handles business because it has worked more often than not for the team. For the team. Gronk's a part of this team. Brady's a part of this team. The Patriots are going to be contending for an AFC championship next year regardless of any of the drama that we keep talking about. Right? And so I just don't want to hear about it anymore. Now, I don't think I'm going to get my wish. I think we're going to hear more. And I think it's going to make the players look worse. Because right now, the players, I, I like hearing this story again this weekend about Gronk, it's just, oh, man, here we go again. Oh, Gronk was upset that Belichick called him out in front of the team. What, we, we thinking this is the first time Belichick's called someone out in front of the team? 
don't we talk about all the time how Brady gets called out in, in film? When they're watching film? Or at least he, I don't know, he did early on? Don't we talk about that? Is that a bad thing? That's just the way Belichick handles business. And now the players are running in the media with like, oh, I can't take it anymore. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm not free. I'm not having fun. We're miserable. If winning is so miserable to you, then when you're somewhere else, I think you'll realize you didn't have it so bad in New England. And so me having that mindset just, to me, it, it just, it's a bad look for some of these players who continue to just whine about the whole workout stuff for Guerrero and Belichick being upset. Enough. Let's move on. Let's move on. Players, keep doing what you're doing. If, if, if somebody's upset with it, your workout regimen, somebody calls you out, whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. Patriots will keep winning. That's what they'll do. And until they no longer keep winning, you know, I, I, I don't want to hear about Guerrero anymore. I just don't. I just don't. I'm sick of Guerrero. Sick of him. But something tells me <laughs> we're going to be hearing about Alex Guerrero at some point again in the near future. I am here every Monday and Thursday. Again, I will get into some playoff hockey later this week. Uh, I'm sure we'll have the NBA playoff brackets official by then as well. And I'll keep an eye on the Red Sox-Yankees series. I'll react to that later in the week. Also, get the show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast One, anywhere. Podcasts are available. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Watch episode one of my U- of my new YouTube series, 363 Off the Air. Episode two will be dropping soon, so subscribe to that. Hit the notifications button, and uh, keep yourself entertained. Enjoy the rest of your week. Everybody, I'm out. Talk to you again on Thursday. Thursday.